Hey guys, this is Brian from The Business Machine and The Fitness Machine, and today's episode, you guys gotta listen to this, man. Bedros Koulian is on the show. He is an entrepreneur, and he has um, 500 franchises of Fit Body Boot Camp across the country, so he's one, he's a big guest for us, and I really think you're gonna get a lot out of this. He's got some great quotes, and he's honest, and, and you know, even though he's a He's very successful and he coaches, coaches almost. Um, he still talks about some mistakes that he made and some troubles and some things that he gets into when he knows that, you know, he's not doing the right thing. And this is a good one. So take a listen. Bedros Koulian. This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machines firing up. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode. Like I always say, I know I say they're exciting every time, but they are. I'm Brian Town, your host of The Business Machine and the side little podcast that we have on The Business Machine called Fitness Machine. And this one is going to be a little bit of both. It's going to talk about business and mistakes and hustling and how to get where you want to get and stop bitching about all the little things. And then also it's going to talk about the fitness industry because our next guest, Bedros Koulian, is here with us today and we're so excited to have him and you know I've been reading up on him over the last week or so and he is somebody that we want to talk to and somebody that can really help just by listening to this short podcast so I definitely want you guys to stay tuned for this one and Bader Koulian is the best-selling author and high-performance business consultant he's the founder and CEO of the fastest growing fitness franchise Fit Body Bootcamp and he's known as the hidden genius that entrepreneurs and New York Times best-selling authors turn to when they want to sell more products, services, books, and high-level coaching and consulting programs. So, guys, this is one we want to listen to because we all want to sell more services. Bedros, how you doing, man? Doing fantastic, Brian. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, thanks for coming on too. And I, you know, in watching some of the things that I've seen with you on your YouTube channel and some of your marketing, I like your message because it's a mix between. I don't know. It's a mix between not just hustle, you know, because the hustle word is kind of overdone and, and it, just hustle is not going to make it happen. I mean, that's a big part of it. Um, but it's also like, you know, a little bit of just getting things done and, and not being afraid to do and that the opportunity is available and it's out there. So there's definitely that message. Talk a little bit about that. And what is your message when you're talking to people about running a business? Yeah, and that's you, you nailed it. Hustle can only get you so far, man. And I'm all about hustle and grind, but not at the extent to where you end up losing your health, you end up losing your family, you end up losing your sanity. And so I always tell people, look, you can hustle and grind yourself to your first half a million, maybe to your million. But when I coach and consult my higher level coaching clients who are doing multiple seven figures, eight figures and beyond, it's not hustle and grind at that point. Yeah. That means you're gonna have an anxiety attack if you do that. <laughs> it's, it's about scale and strategy at that point. And so really hustle and grind does kind of morph into scale and strategy for the smart entrepreneur. So that's message number one that I like to set, set, share with entrepreneurs. And message number two is that I read a study about a year and a half ago and man, it, it, it hit me in the heart because it said most Americans, 76% of Americans, believe that the American dream is over. It's dead. It's oh, gone. Yeah. And I think we get fed that too a little bit. 
we do get fed that. Yeah. We do get fed that. And the talking heads on the TV and radio, you know, you know do their part in, in, you know, kind of setting that fire of the American dream is dead. Well, the reality is the American dream is alive and well, and the barrier to entry has never been lower. It's right. never been easier simply because, you know, guys and gals like you and I can, you know, create a product or a service. We no longer have to go to the bank and get a loan. We can create a free website using any one of the free website softwares or even like a blog platform. We can collect money for free so we don't need a shopping cart using PayPal. We can advertise for free on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. And as long as we can add value to a specific niche market, we can literally launch a business that is product or service driven for free. And so I tell people, look, you actually need a little paradigm shift. The barrier to entry is now lower than ever. The reason business is tough today is because we are seeing businesses in a more transparent way that we've never seen before. We, yeah. we want to know who the owner is, the founder is, where they came from, what they believe in before we buy from them. And that's the missing link here. So, yeah, and there, I mean, you're all over the place. If somebody can research you, no problem. And that culture piece is important because we focus that a lot, at, you know, at our, at our advertising agencies. We want people to know who we are. And that's, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, people didn't even have that kind of that kind of access. One of the things that I imagine that, you know, we watched some of your things that you were talking about and, and some of the negative things that you hear like, okay, great. You know, it's a, it's the American dream, but, you know, I don't really have anything that anybody wants or you know, only to be able to run a successful business, you got to have a lot of capital to start up because that person who's super successful, I can never get like that person because look at them, they have all this money, they have the success. And, and do you hear that? And what do you say to that? Oh, man, I hear that all the time. When someone, <laughs> you know, someone meets me and they go, hey, what do you do? And I tell sure. them what I do. You know, I, I, start, I started this fast growing franchise and I coach and consult entrepreneurs. Oh, man, you know, I'd like to, I got a business idea, but, and these are the words that come out of their mouth next, Brian. But, it takes money to make money. Yeah, hey, I've heard that. And, Internally, I'm absolutely, I'm choking them out. I'm, I'm shaking them by their shoulder, not because I'm mad at them, but I want to slap sense into them in some way and say, no, it doesn't take money to make money. And like I said a second ago, you can use WordPress to make a free website, PayPal to accept money for free, social media to advertise. But see, people want to cop out. They want an excuse to not take the action that they're meant to take. Because everybody knows deep down inside that they have a gift. We wouldn't be put on this planet if sure. you didn't have a gift or a purpose. There's something. There's something there. Everybody has something there. But fear and self-doubt and low self-esteem right. cause us to go, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to place in this safe little box of, of being an employee. Well, that's all fine and good. But if you're going to tell me that you have an idea for a business to be an entrepreneur, listen, I'm the fucking supercharger that, that, that gets put on businesses to blow them up. So as soon as you tell me that, I want to jump on board and help you. And so when someone tells me it takes money to make money, I want to choke them out because it just takes massive action and hustle to make money. And then later on, as you that hustle turns into scale and strategy. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, that we talked about when we first started here, too. And it, it takes hustle, but it also takes that strategy and sales piece because you can have the best culture in the world at your company and you can have the best product. But if you don't have any income or you don't have a plan on how to sell that product or make money, you can't do shit. Right. Exactly right. So let's let's back up a little bit because I think people are going to want to know who the hell is this guy that we're talking to. Tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do. And I want to talk about your your past. That's interesting to me. I don't want to go too much detail in it. But I mean, you've been through the ringer a little bit. You didn't start from money. Um, you're an, you immigrated to this country. 
Um, yeah. and, and I even heard you talking about, of all people who, who had anxiety problems, you know, who may have had a nervous breakdown and you got past that too. So let's just back up, man. And somebody, you're waiting in line at a coffee shop out in California and somebody says, hey, man, what do you do? What do you tell them? Sure. Yeah, that, that's a great question. So when somebody says, what do you do? What I tell them is real simple. I say, I'm a fitness business owner. And that typically will lead to what kind of fitness business? I said, well, I started this franchise called Fit Body Bootcamp, and it's now one of the fastest growing franchises on the planet. And they go, oh, wow, that's fantastic. I've seen Fit Body Bootcamp in my town or whatever. You know, we typically hear that. And then I, they'll kind of delve deeper if they go, well, you know, I've got a business idea. And then I let them know I coach and consult. What I tell people from stage when I'm speaking is I tell them I'm the American dream and I'm the immigrant edge. And what I mean by that is I'm that guy that made it. I was broke and we had no money. We had, mm -hmm. we didn't understand the culture. We came to this country from a communist country from the Soviet Union and we had no money when we came here. We didn't understand the language or the people. All my dad knew is he didn't want to be a communist anymore. He wanted freedom and we escaped communist Soviet Union. And when we did, I was six years old and I was, you know, we were dumpster diving to get food. And when I had lice as a little kid, because we lived in these slums, my mom washed my hair with gasoline that my dad siphoned out of the car because we couldn't afford lice treatment. Yeah. I mean, so anyone that tells me that, you know, you need money to make money or that you have to come from money or you need higher education. Let me tell you this. I went to three elementary schools. Talk about higher education. I went to three elementary schools, two junior highs, two high schools, and 32 days in to, uh, to, to, to junior college, I dropped out. So I've got no higher education. I'm self-educated, but I've got no higher education. So you don't need higher education. You don't need money to make money. What you need is a solution to a problem that people have. And you need to get that solution out to the masses using the number one cannon that's available to us right now to shoot that knowledge or, or solution out, which is the internet, social media. And that's what your business does, obviously, so I don't need to tell you that, but effectively, I am the American dream and I'm the immigrant edge, and I can shut down anybody who says you need a higher level of knowledge or tons of money to start a business because I did it without either of that, and I teach people how to do that without having money or, or a higher level of education. So if I'm crying like a little baby, like I was earlier today, upset that we didn't get a certain client and, and I thought that was going to be the end, then I should probably shut up because you're going to kick my ass, right? Well, not that you should shut up. And it's funny you say that because <laughs> this morning I talked to a coaching client named Mike and he goes, man, I'm in this kind of funky headspace right now. Oh, and yeah. Listen, right, Brian, you, you, like you said, you knew you were supposed to close that client today and you didn't. And you were, you were, I'm going to use your words. You were, you were crying like a little baby. Yeah, true. That's okay to do. It's okay to even go into a funk as an entrepreneur. It's okay to even go into a little depression as an entrepreneur. It is not okay to stay in that state of staying, being a baby. It is not okay to stay in that funk or to stay in that depression because you've got a higher purpose and calling. So at some point you go, all right, time to man up, time to stand up, pick up the phone, get on the emails and make that call or make that introduction so that I can make that next sale. Yeah, Otherwise, how are you going to do that next? Right. Otherwise, right. yeah, if you just stay in there, like, look, okay, we lost them. And it's a lot easier now than it was when we first started. And I can tell that, you know, that starting up and running a business was one of the hardest things we've done. But, you know, when things are good and they're really rolling, things are really good. And then I think it's okay that that moment that I realized that it's okay to be like, God damn it, I wish we would have got that client. And, you know, maybe we should have done, done something different and kicking yourself a little bit to know that next time, all right, maybe do something a little bit different. That's exactly it. That's so what I told my client this morning, dude, was I said, it's okay to bitch, 
about not having a good day, it's not okay to stay down and be a little bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's probably, I'm going to write that down. Is that your quote for the last question? Well, I suppose it is now. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Tell me a little bit about that moment when, you know, you're like, all right, this is what I think. Because I think a lot of us, it's, it's funny because if you meet people that are not entrepreneurs and who are not creative types necessarily, for them to think like we do seems they're always like, I could never do that. I can never think like that. So take me to that process of what you did and what you suggest to some of your clients to do when you're trying to think of what do I have to offer and what can I sell? And I want to know really when that idea came to you, like, all right, man, fit body boot camp. Um, this is what I think is going to work and how it got to where it is today. Sure. Now for me to get to where I, where I am now, it was an evolution yeah. and I'll, and I'll summarize it for you real quickly. I was that overweight fat kid in high school who needed to lose 35 pounds because I wanted to go to prom and I had it in my head that I'm never going to ask out Nakaya, she's the one that I had the hots for, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I didn't lose the weight. So the summer before senior year I lost the weight but I never worked up the nerve to ask Nakaya to the prom so I never went to the prom. Oh. However, losing that weight made me realize that I want to help more people lose weight because as a byproduct I not only got you know better looking and more athletic and great. had more felt great and had more energy, but I had more confidence, more self-esteem. I was able to make eye contact with people. And that's a critical piece of being human. And, you know, the reality is I don't care what people say about, you know, oh, well, you know, it's okay to be overweight. It's okay to, you know, let's not, let's not fat shame. I don't want to fat shame, but I can tell you this as a person who was fat, I was living in the shadows, man. I was living in the gray and sure. I didn't want people to see me. And so we shouldn't encourage people to stay fat. We should encourage them to, to get healthy and be fit and be, be their best version of themselves. So having said that, I wanted to help others. So I became a personal trainer, but that didn't come easily. So I was a personal trainer that had three clients and to make ends meet, Brian, I was a fry cook at Disneyland and a bouncer at a gay bar because the gay bar <laughs> paid more than the straight bar. That's awesome. Did. That's, that's just the reality of it. And sure. you know, I, I remember thinking, dude, there's no doctors, nurses, firefighters who have side jobs, you know, to make ends meet. Yeah. Why do personal trainers have to have side jobs to make ends meet? But I realized we're passionate about helping people, but we're not necessarily entrepreneurially gifted. And well, when you're a personal trainer in the gym, odds are your clients are pretty affluent people from the community. Sure. And I realized, holy smokes, I've got built-in mentors who are my clients. And I immediately started talking to one of my clients and I said, Jim, how did you become a millionaire? How do you come here Monday, Wednesday, Friday at two in the afternoon to work out when you should be running your office? And he started to mentor me and coach me. And I now became not only a great trainer, a great technician, a great solution provider, but I became a great entrepreneur. I understood influence, persuasion, marketing, mindset of a winner, of a champion, that it's not that I'm supposed to not get defeated, it's that I'm not supposed to become a little bitch and stay down when I get defeated. Because being an entrepreneur means yep. shit's gonna happen. It's how you react to that shit that happens that determines success or failure. And so, you know, ultimately I got rid of my side jobs because I learned how to market and sell, et cetera. And before you know it, I had five personal training gyms throughout San Diego. And that led to, you know what, maybe I wanna coach and consult personal trainers. And that whole thing led to 2012 when we launched Fit Body Bootcamp into a uh, fitness franchise. And here we are today, about 500 locations worldwide. Now, the journey that I just described to you there is a you know, 12-year journey, 12, 15-year journey. Um, my biggest growth has come in the last five, six years. 
So, you know, I guess you can say I'm a 15 year overnight success in that way. But I think a lot of people, and this is a great lesson here for anyone listening, is a lot of people overestimate what they can achieve in one year and they drastically underestimate what they can achieve in five years or 10 years. And so for me, the solution is this. If you wanna be an entrepreneur, find out one thing that you would do for free. Like if someone had told me back in the day after I lost the weight working out and eating yeah. right, Bedros, listen, we're gonna pay for your bills, we're gonna pay for your lifestyle, we're gonna pay for your rent, and um, you're not gonna have any expenses. What is the one thing you would go out there and do for free since we're gonna cover all your living expenses? I would say, I just wanna go train people for free. Right. So I realized that's what I do to make my money. And when people come to me, they go, I know I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur, I know I have a gift and this passion and this purpose, but I don't know how it is that I'm gonna serve the world. I go, if I could pay for your whole life where you have no bills and no worry, no need to make money, what would you go out there and do for free? Some, it, it, it falls into one or two categories. Some people go, I would do X. Immediately they go, I would do X. And then the other group goes, I don't know exactly what I would do, but it would be in this genre. It would be in restaurant, or it'd be in books and writing and publishing, or it'd be in you know, kind of concierge type services. I go, all right, now let's go deeper into that. So I really tell people, you may not know what your passion and purpose and your gift is, but if I can ask you, what would you do for free if I paid for all your bills? That, whatever it is, that thing that you're gonna pick is likely what your gift is. Hey everybody, this week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com. That's freshwaterapparel.com. And check out their spring collection of t-shirts and soon beanies are gonna be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan, and the shirts are 100% made in America. So you can't beat that. So if you love fresh water like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. Like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. So take us to, you know, here we are six years later after these franchises. And, you know, you did you think at this time that you would have 500 franchises across the country? In knowing that and thinking that, okay, here we are today, you, you may or may have not known that. Where do you think both the FitBody franchise and also what you're doing as a coach and trainer, where, what are you going to do in five or 10 years? Because you just said, hey, five, 10 years, we can do a hell of a lot. In a year, yeah. we can do a hell of a lot. And I think we do. I like what you said there because, you know, usually a year for us is kind of like, uh, you know, we just got to get by and get things done. But thinking five years out, that seems like, oh, man, you know, I could do this and this and this, but it's probably not enough. So where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you think you'll be doing in 10 years? What do you hope you'll be doing in 10 years? Yeah, that's a good question. So to answer your first question, did I think that we'd have 500 plus locations of Fit Body Bootcamp worldwide? No. I mean, we're adding an average of 17 to 21 new locations on the map worldwide every single map every single month. Um, I mean that's like that's unheard of for a for a new franchise, sure. which is really what we are. But but I also work my ass off to build such uh, authority and positioning in the fitness industry that when I launched a product of this caliber in the fitness industry, like I had a lot of credibility. Um, already in the space. So I kind of look at it as, I don't look at it as an unfair advantage because I work my nuts off to have that advantage, but I do look at it as I came with an advantage because I put the work in ahead of time, number right. one. Uh, as far as you know, five years, 10 years down the line, where will I be? 
I now have a clear picture. Now, I didn't have, I should tell, because everyone listening to this is going to go, shit, if I don't have a clear picture, then I better not take action. That's bullshit. I have a clear picture because I'm 15 years into my journey. And my clear picture is this. In the next five years, we're going to have probably 2,500 Fit Body Bootcamp locations worldwide. 2,000 to 2,500. I can guarantee you that, like I would guarantee my next breath that I'm going to take. Just because I know our rate of growth and I'm just getting started. Like I know what I'm capable of and I'm just now getting started. That's number one. Number two is in the next five or 10 years, I'll have four books out, four books out. At least two of them will be New York Times bestsellers because I'm building a hell of a network around myself to promote my books out there to help people to come with a giving hand. But in addition to that, I want to be the guy that's known that takes emerging business ideas like franchises and licensing programs and high level coaching consulting programs and helps these people who come up with these ideas scale them faster than they ever could on their own. So whether I have equity in their business or they pay me an obscene amount of money like many of my coaching clients do to to coach and consult with me, um, I will have more high level coaching and consulting clients who are building franchises and new emerging brands that I will help supercharge and literally time collapse their growth. Um, and, and that's really what I want to do is just write more books and be involved in a lot more brands that I believe in and help them grow faster and get out there. So, Beatrice, let's talk about this is always an interesting question for me because you're the coach, you're the expert in everything that you're doing. It, it, you know, it seems like over and over again, you're you, all you're doing is helping other people like us, like like whoever the, who, who's who's out there listening, either in the fitness industry or not in the fitness industry, do better work harder, uh, be more successful and market their business in a way to take them up to that next level. So my question is, how do you make sure that you are? And, and, and do you follow your recipe? Oh, that's a good question, man. Man, that's a deadly question. So <laughs> what you're really asking me is, hey, I'm out there helping people, scaling yeah, their businesses. When do you have time you know, to do Bedros' stuff? When, when do I do on, when do I work on me? And the reality is that I am not only part of, you know, we talked about Joe Polish. So yeah. I'm part of Joe Polish's Genius Network Group that I pay $25,000 a year for to be in that group and to get coached by Joe and the members of that group, right? Just like I contribute. I mean, there's like New York Times bestselling authors, guys that own like Dean Graciosi that owns a $100 million a year company is in that group. Um, Dan Sullivan, one of the top like, you know, kind of strategists where, 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 you know, growth mindset is concerned is in that group. So I get to learn from guys like him. And then Listen, I speak a lot now. I travel around and I speak a lot, but that doesn't mean that I'm great at speaking, but I want to get better at speaking. So I hired Joel Wendell to make me a better speaking coach. Um, Craig Ballantyne, the guy that wrote Perfect Day Formula, he's a friend and a business partner. He's also a, a coach of mine. And huh. uh, just like I coach him in his business, ironically, he coaches me in my personal achievement and personal discipline. I'm look, These days, I'm looking for that one more degree of change in my life. Sure. No one's going to come by at least I, I'm willing to pay for it if they do come by, but no one's going to come by and give me this big shift that, that I'm going to end up making another 20, 30 million, but I'm looking to get one more hour of efficiency out of my week. I want to get, have one less anxiety attack this month. I want to have, does that make right. sense? So no, I'm looking it does, for yeah. those Little degrees wins. of change. Sure. And so I surround myself with people from Joe Polish to Dan Sullivan to Joel Wendell to Craig Ballantyne, and the, literally the list goes on. I pay for their wisdom because the way I look at it is I'm paying for speed. I'm buying speed and I'm buying results. And I would be a hypocrite if I was charging people an obscene amount of money to coach and consult them. And if I wasn't paying an obscene amount of money 
to become my best self as well. Yeah, and I like that. And that's really good to hear because even I think sometimes we see these people like you and, and who are really successful and to think that they don't have a coach like you coach them or to think that they don't, you know, have to, if they don't meditate or if they don't read certain books or they don't go to conferences or they don't exercise. I mean, I know that was one thing that really changed what we did here is just making sure that we were healthy and, and staying active and meditating and, and making those decisions. I don't know how an entrepreneur does it if they're not in shape and healthy. I just, I, I don't know how you would survive. I mean, dude, you I, nailed it. You nailed it. Let, let me just touch on that real quick, Brian, because you just touched the, you, you peeled the onion and you got right to the core of it where I'm concerned. But I look at entrepreneurs like you and me as fighter jets, sure. as fighter jets. We are not crop dusters, man. When we, when, when that alarm goes off at five in the morning for me, like I am out the bed. I made my list the night before on my iPhone. The list is in order of the most important things to do first. And it's like a fighter jet that just is scrambling to go save the country is the way I look at myself. That's, that's truly how I operate. And I look at all my coaching clients that way. I look at you that way. And so you don't have time to take up alcoholism as a side project <laughs> yeah, or gambling right. or infidelity or to, to be overweight or unhealthy or diabetes or high blood pressure or whatever, because you are a fighter jet that has to scramble every damn morning and go and on that mission and drop whatever bombs you need to drop to create whatever outcome you need to create. So we are not the crop dusters of the world. We are the fighter jets. And when you look at a fighter jet on an aircraft carrier, listen, they go down into the belly of that aircraft carrier. They have specialized mechanics who work on them. Fine-tuned machine. They, right, exactly. It's a fine-tuned machine. They're, they're pilots eating a separate area than every other person on that That's ship. Right. They're, the pilots sleep in a different corridor than, than, than everyone else. Because they are they are fine tuned humans who are going to drive ride these fine tuned machines, and so that's what we are, dude. And so yeah, anyone would be functionally retarded if they did not take care of their health, both mentally and physically, if they chose to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a game changer. And I don't know how you know do it. I was it's funny. I was watching something that you talked about. I think it was one of your speeches. You're on stage, and you're like, if you're fucking hitting snooze, stop doing that right now because you're just wasting time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Anyone that hits snooze, as far as I'm concerned, is is out of sync with life. They say they want to be an entrepreneur or they want to be a thought leader or whatever, but whatever it is they're doing is not in sync to what they should be doing because they wouldn't be hitting snooze otherwise. Right. All right. So let's talk about some things that maybe you didn't do right, but we talk about here a little bit and I always tell people that, you know, once we get enough podcasts on here, I'm not going to really put all the good qualities that everybody said and all the advice. I'm going to put all the things that they fucked up along the way, because to me, we've learned so much in the last six years of things that we didn't do. It's like, okay, great. You know, probably shouldn't have pitched it this way. That was the wrong price. Uh, we shouldn't have said we could do that job. So on and so on. The mistakes that we yeah. make. What was your biggest mistake? Is there something that you tell people, hey, man, don't do this? And this is oh, something man. you definitely do. I mean, just give us one that yeah. is something that you learned along the way that didn't work. I've got a rap sheet of mistakes that I've made as an entrepreneur. And I'm so glad you're asking this question. Because when people do podcast interviews, and I love being on podcasts and sure. being on stage and all that stuff. I get it. But at some point... Everyone wants to put you on a pedestal like you've never done anything wrong. And I've done more things wrong and I failed more times than I've ever succeeded. And so I'm glad you're asking this question. So mistake number one was, well, my very first business that I launched, was, which was an online supplement company back in 1997. Really? There, there was no Google. Yep. I, I bought supplements. Think about this. Instead of selling information, which costs nothing and there's no storage fee or you don't have to buy it and then resell it. Instead of selling information, I bought supplements that were exp had expiration dates on them. 
and I tried to sell them on an internet that was brand new with no Google or Facebook or advertising options. And so I literally lost $55,000 on that venture and ended up getting kicked out of my apartment and for a small period of time living out of my car. Oh man! So that's mistake number one is- <laughs> Don't if, sell supplements. Know, well, the mistake isn't don't sell supplements. The mistake <laughs> is don't be too far ahead of the curve. It's right. one thing to go, hey, this is a game changer and I'm creating something that's way ahead of the curve. That's fantastic. But if the rest of the world has to catch up to you before you can make money, and if you don't have the money to sustain yourself, you're gonna end up homeless like I did. Thing, mistake number two was, I go, okay, I learned my lesson. I'm gonna create an online business. I'm gonna sell information. So I created an online personal training platform in 2003. The problem huh. was nobody knew me, nobody liked me, nobody right. trusted me. And if you're not known, liked, and trusted, no one's gonna give you reoccurring money month after month. <laughs> Someone might be willing to give you, whatever, $89 on a one-time purchase, Brian, to see if your product is good, to if you, your knowledge is good, and to see if they wanna commit hot more and work up your ascension ladder to your higher level programs. But like an idiot, no one told me this, and like an idiot, I went and created a $49 a month program when no one knew me, liked me, and trusted me, and tried to sell continuity, and no one bought it. So I lost $126,000 there. Holy shit. Yeah, so so here, let me just keep going down the list of mistakes <laughs> I've made, my friend, because I don't think enough enough entrepreneurs talk about their mistakes, because they, they, they don't want to be transparent and authentic sure, enough. Right. Mistake number three, which was one of my biggest mistakes, was when I brought on a business partner who I thought had some kind of magical ability that I didn't. And what I mean by that is yeah. most of us, when we select a business partner, when we get a business partner, it's not because they bring some magical, unique skill or ability that you don't have. We usually bring on a business partner. When you look deep down inside, it's because you're afraid of doing what you're about to do. And you think getting a business partner kind of helps alleviate the fear by saying, well, we're in it together. We'll get yeah. through it together. If he the thinks reality, it's okay, then, yeah, then maybe it right. is okay. But we're both, right. we can't both be stupid. Exactly. As it turns out, we both end up being stupid and we can't have two chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. And so I tell people, look, do not bring on a business partner unless they either come with a specialized skill or knowledge that you don't have because there is no man on the white horse. So the point of this is most people get business partners because they're looking for the man or woman on the white horse yeah. to gallop in and save the day. There is no man on the white horse. Damn it. You can't, I, and I make no mistake about it, I do have business partners, but they bring in such a unique skill uh -huh. that I don't have or I don't want to develop that to me it's worth sharing the revenue. Well, and I think that's why, and we don't have any business partners here, but not yet anyway, but I've brought people onto my company that are specifically, specifically that are better and smarter than I am. And mm. that didn't take much. I mean, get anybody off the street. <laughs> but, you know, I did that on purpose because I knew, and I think very similar, there was things that I just don't do well. You know, project management, awful at it. Um, so those kind of things, I knew I had to bring in somebody that was a little more organized and not, you know, such a off the cuff kind of person. So I think in a sense, that's what you're saying is make sure that there's somebody that you know that specifically can take that business. And if you don't have this person as a dedicated partner, you may not be as successful. That's effectively it. And by the way, they don't always have to come on board as a partner. Sure. Today, I pay and I recruit for, I recruit team members. So, so we recruit an, an HR manager now from a very big company 
and got her on board with us. My, I've got an operations manager who's just like cracks the whip left and right. I've got a compliance officer who works with the Federal Trade Commission because I, because as a franchise, you have to, the Federal Trade Commission oversees us. I don't want to talk to the Federal Trade Commission. I don't know what the fuck to say. I'm going to end up getting myself in some kind of lawsuit or in jail. <laughs> so it's it's his, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, and yeah. so it's his job, so it's his job to make sure that every idea that I come up with to grow Fit Body Bootcamp is in line with what the Federal Trade Commission decides is appropriate. Yeah. And so, but I don't have to have them as business partners. I can have them as team members and put them on a salary. So the mistake you made was bringing on somebody that probably wasn't the right fit. Exactly right. And and just when they're not a good fit, you got to part ways immediately because if you keep someone, whether a business partner or a team member who's toxic, yeah. sooner or later mm-hmm. you build resentment and the rest of your team starts doubting your leadership skills yeah. and that's those are two things you don't want yeah we saw that that took me a while to figure that out but we saw that luckily it didn't scar too bad yeah. Badris, what do you have to work on give me some personal things that you know that because we all have them i mean i have to have specific yeah. things that i do that i you know i know when i get in trouble at least I'm, I'm smart enough to realize that like okay you know if i do this and i don't you know i can definitely sidetrack myself and i know what i have to do and keep myself in check i don't always do it but i know that there are things that i need yeah. to do uh, imposter syndrome is a bad that's a, thing that's that a, I have. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm better it's, at it. I'm better at it. It's funny you say that. So so mine is not necessarily imposter syndrome, although I had that. Now, just so you know, Brian, where you are in your business right now, the imposter syndrome is appropriate for where you are. Like yeah. that you're supposed to feel that way. I remember feeling that way within my, in my first five, six, seven years of business. Like, am I really... Yeah. an expert at what I'm about to teach or am I an imposter? And who, now yeah. I know like hands down, I'm the man. Yeah. Who am I to be successful or why would they go with us anyway? We're only six years old. Right. Right. So the things I need to work on is I'm a bit of a all or none kind of guy. And yeah. so I work my, my balls off to have some level of work life balance. I was the guy that would tell my coaching clients as an entrepreneur, there is no balance. You're off balance and you're supposed to be off balance. Today, after having so many anxiety attacks and essential tremors oh, yeah. about three, four years ago where I had to see a therapist, yeah, dude, they had me on Prozac. I was seeing a therapist for a year and a half. This is like three, four years ago? Those anxiety that wasn't yes. that long ago for you, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't that long ago at all. No. And make no mistake, I got a better work-life balance. That to me is important because I go all in on one thing and then I let everything else crumble around me. Uh, at least the old Bedros let everything else crumble around me. So these days I focus on the four things that make happiness, that create happiness in my life, which is also the four things that create happiness in most people's lives, which is money, meaning, health, and relationship. Yeah. I want to keep a balance between all four of those. I want to make good, good money. I, while I make money, I want to make sure that I have some kind of meaning or significance in the process of making money. If I, if I don't feel I'm contributing to society, like that, that's not meaningful to me. Um, right? And then, of course... My health is important. I want to be healthy because I'm still a trainer at heart. Sure. And so, so much so that I still like travel around with like a six pack, um, what do you call it? Those little lunch boxes where you have, you know, your food on ice and Tupperwares and I eat every two and a half hours, even though I haven't trained a client for over 12 years, (laughs) you know, I want to look like a trainer. That's just who I am. And then of course, relationships. What's the point of having meaning, significance, money in your health if you can't share it with anybody? And so as long as I can keep a balance between those four things, those, those four things to me are happiness and, and, I'm, and I'm good. But those, that's the thing that I'm always working on because the moment I stop working on it, I go down one of the four rabbit holes and I don't come out until everything crumbles around me. Yeah. And I think that's an easy trap to get into and, and work-life balance. And, and you know, I use that, those, that phrase a little bit lightly because here's what I think is business owners in particular, 
and entrepreneurs, work-life balance to them is bullshit because work-life balance came from the corporate world. And so work-life balance is like, okay, great. It's easy to do in the corporate world. You just had to learn to, when you walk out the door and when you walk into your door, you forget about everything else because it's just at work. You don't have to be there till eight o'clock the next morning anyway. So that's work-life balance. But as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I think there's this tendency to feel like if you're not working, you're not making money. So how do we turn that off? I mean, because as a business owner and as an entrepreneur, and all, most of our, our audience are, are that very same uh, person, is we could be working 24-7, especially with our phones. I mean, shit, you can build a website with your phone. We, we can yeah. tweet. We can do everything that we want from our phone. You don't really even need a laptop anymore. But, you know, we do have an office, so I can leave here, but still my phone rings. Clients think they can call you at any time. How do you do it? Because you you know you talk on one side hustle 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 work your ass off don't don't hit snooze but then you're like shit man I did that and it screwed me over. Yeah, you're so, right, you're right, and this is where that discipline structure comes in, and this is why I'm such a big fan of what Craig Ballantyne teaches. I, I should actually get commission off talking about this guy. I talk <laughs> yeah. about him so much, but his book Perfect Life um, uh, uh, Formula and his workshops that he runs, and I and I did his I paid my five grand and did did his workshop. It, it, it's just mind blowing because. You start learning structure, and structure is freedom. And here's what I mean. You're right, I could leave my office today and still respond to text messages, emails, Facebook messages, tweet, sure. and Instagram all, all night long and, and, and ignore my wife and kids and, and the dog and the whole thing. Yep. But discipline and structure tell me that at six o'clock my phone gets put on silent, I don't check emails because there's nothing I can do. My team is off, so if we get bad news at 6 p.m., there's matter. nothing I can do anyways other than have an anxiety attack and ignore yeah. my family oh man i got out of that habit. i used to check my email first thing in the morning right before i got out of bed right Don't never do that exactly so it really becomes building these I guess rules for life as an entrepreneur, we need rules. If you don't have rules, then you're just going to dive into your iPhone and your computer and never come out. Right. And one of my rules is to turn that phone on silent, put it away, and it's just family time. And then I watch a TV show. Right now, I'm watching Ballers. I uh, just I'm a big fan of The Rock. And then you know, go in the hot tub and then go to bed by 11, so I could wake up at five in the morning again. Right. Um, but without these rules of discipline and structure, dude, an entrepreneur will create chaos for himself. And one of the things that we learned and a lot of entrepreneurs I've talked to on the podcast is to is to get a calendar and make that calendar your your business calendar and your personal calendar. And, you know, I have, I have four kids and, and I've got two active boys right now. And so when I need to do something with them and take them to practice or do this or that goes on my work calendar. So all my staff and people who schedule me know that that's where I'm going to be. And you can't schedule anything else at that point. True enough. Hi, everybody. Brian here real quick. This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine podcast, it's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full-service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile-friendly websites digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. All right, man, as we get to the end here, let's 
wrap up and ask some real quick questions and then we'll get into a couple things I know you want to talk about. But real quick, give us a quote. I'm, I'm a former educator and so I was that cheesy teacher that passed out quotes all the time, use them all the time in my work. Give me a quote and give us a quote that you like. Yes, yes. The, 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 the number one quote that I'm the biggest fan of is circumstance does not change responsibility. And I love that quote because when I worked at Disneyland as a fry cook, one day I got into the, the restaurant late. And as yep. you can, if you're ever in Disneyland or Disney World, you know, like on, I worked on Main Street and you have to cross the street. And if there's a parade, you're screwed. Well, as a cast member, or which is what they call employees, you are uh, you're supposed to know the times of the parades and all that stuff. So you can cross the street before the parade starts. Otherwise, the parade's 20 minutes long. You're late. <laughs> well, I didn't cross the street in time. I was late. And here I am telling my supervisor, well, you know, I was at Disneyland on time. I was on the other side of the street on time, but I didn't make it to the location on time because of the parade. And he looked at me and he was, his name is Doug. And he was like this eight, felt like he was eight feet tall, this giant of a man. And he goes, Bedros, circumstance does not change responsibility. Wow. And that hit me, man, because whether it's a parade or if I'm sick or if something's going on in my life, my responsibility is to be there and help those guys and gals in the kitchen because they're getting a rush of people coming in and I'm using the parade as an excuse. So even today, whatever happens, like we had our office broken into a couple years ago and you know, cameras and computers and all this stuff was stolen. Um, I walked in and everyone's hand wringing and everything. I said, guys, the circumstances don't change responsibility. We We've got it. still a responsibility to our clients and customers. Yeah. Call the cops and then get back to work. We can't just like hand ring about it. And that's really the secret here. To, that's one of my favorite quotes, and I just live by that. Yeah, I'm going to share that with my son. He just got his first job. He's 16, and I'm just going to share that with him when I get home. Hey, man, just so you know. Because I told him, you know, be 15 minutes early, stay 15 minutes late. But, you know, I think that's a great quote. I like that a lot. It's different, totally different than what we've heard on here before. I love it. Good. Pedros, give me a book that I'm going to read, a business book that I'm going to read more than the first 25 pages. Oh, oh, a business book. All right, I'm going to, it's not going to, well, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. It's not quite a business sure. book, but yep. it'll have probably one of the biggest impacts on your business. Outwitting the Devil. Ooh, man, let me tell you, it'll give you a paradigm shift when you read that. If there's somebody out there right now that you would love to have dinner with, who would that be? Somebody out there that I would love to have dinner with right now, it would be The Rock, and second to The Rock would be Oprah Winfrey. Really? You know, and that's yeah. funny because you're the second person that said Oprah Winfrey, and I think people forget about her. because oh, man, she's unforgettable. Yeah, because, you know, there was, I know when I was growing up, my mom, I mean, that was the show that she watched, and that was it. And, and I think people forget how far and how big she still is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's still a major player in so much TV and media. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's cool. Well, give me an app. Give me some technology that I know you guys use all the time, but give me something that you can't live without at your business or in your personal life. Oh, man. I am so anti-apps. You're asking the wrong guy where apps are concerned. <laughs> I, give me a technology. I, what do you use every day that you can't live without? Oh, what I use every day that I can't live without is my, my Gmail or my Google Calendar. Yeah. I love that thing. I've got uh, my assistant and then three other people who always log into that, and, uh, and they keep my life structured. Without, and everyone should have a Google Calendar. Um, to keep your life, and I, I batch process everything. So all my webinars that I do are done back to back. All my calls that I take are done back to back. Cool. And if it, if it's not on that calendar, it doesn't get done. That's a really good idea. I like that back to back. Before we get into the last two questions, I do want to talk about your book here in a second that's coming up. But also, give me some tips. We like to give something that I can take away from here, either on the fitness side or maybe just on the business side. Or I'm an entrepreneur. Or I'm thinking about being an entrepreneur, but I'm worried because I don't think I can do it. 
give me a tip. What can I do? What are some things that I can be thinking or some things that I should be doing about, yeah, maybe I want to run this or maybe I already have a business and it's just not quite going to that next level where I want it to do. What's one thing that you always over and over again tell somebody and they're like, man, that's a really good idea. The biggest tip I can give you or any listener here who's got a business or even just wants to achieve something greater in, let's say, their fitness or their relationship or their money or business is there's always someone out there who's already achieved that. Get the shortcut. Find the mentor. That is the biggest tip I can give anybody is don't bang your head against the wall trying to figure out where the door is. Someone's gone through that door. Find the mentor. Pay them. Get the wisdom. Move on. Yeah. And I think we forget that, you know, I I think we always go to like, well, it's already been done or yeah, they're doing it great. They're not going to talk to me. There's so many people out there that have done exactly what you're thinking about doing or something very similar and have have beat themselves up. But why do it yourself when you can actually give them a call? And they're usually pretty happy to share. Exactly. Hmm. All right. Let's talk about your book. I know you got a book coming up here, you know, I don't know, six months or so. What are you working on right now? Yeah, yeah. So I'm writing my first official book, and I've got a great publisher. Uh, they actually published a book, uh, The China Study, which was a New York Times bestseller, uh, Ben Bella. And um, so the book is called Man Up, Cut Your Bullshit, Dominate Your Path. And it's really for entrepreneurs who know that their business could do better, but for some reason they're not reaching their fullest potential. And I uncover the three things that will take any business to 5x, 10x, 20x if the entrepreneur applies it. Yeah. And that's what the book is about. And it comes out uh, fall of 2018. Sweet. How was that process? Writing a book? Is it fun? Is it hard? Holy smokes. Talk about being out of my comfort zone. Oh no shit, like, I bet. Yeah. Dude, if, if you said go create another business and you just gave me the genre, I can go create it, launch it, and start making money within 30 days. <laughs> right. I find so many reasons not to write my, oh. you know, I have, I have to write 1,800 words a week. I bet. And I find so many reasons not to write it, which is good because I remember back to my coaching clients, who have these fears and doubts and hesitations, and I go, this feels good, this feels good, because it's foreign to me, it's awkward, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna get through the pain, and on the other side, I'm gonna go back to doing things that I like, like writing email copy and broadcasts and doing these videos, and sure. et cetera. Yeah. So, but man, it is a painful process to yeah. be an author. And 1,800 words doesn't sound like a lot of week, but man, 1,800 really good words, it's gonna work. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> and impossible. you know, once it, once it's in print, it's, that's it. You can't go back and change it. That oh, just gives me anxiety. I know. I know. I'm, I'm evolving every day. How can I not go back and change it? But that's uh, why authors have second, third, fourth, tenth books, right? Oh, shit, I know. Well, good luck with that. We're excited for that to Thank come you. out. And definitely, we'll, uh, once that comes out, we'll revisit, do another podcast and get that on there for sure. I appreciate it. So, Bedros, the question I like and the, the thing I think about, especially since I have children and, and, and a company now, is I, I always think about what, what am I doing? Am I doing enough to leave something behind? And, and you know, legacy is my – I'm always thinking about it. I'm only 44, but I still think about that. And, and what do you think and what do you hope that your legacy is? Oh, man. The only legacy I want to leave behind is for my kids to go. My dad was a good man, and he taught me how to serve. And whether they serve their country or they serve a market space or they just serve their family, the legacy that I want to leave behind is that my dad was a good man, and he taught me how to serve, and I've done my job. Good. I like it. Pedros, how do we best get in touch with you? Um, I, I'm listening to this podcast, and I, I've got to at least find out who you are and um, maybe send you an email. Um, how do I find out information and get connected to you? Yeah. Uh, so anyone listening to this could either go to bedroskulian.com or just find me on Facebook and Instagram, um, username Bedros Koulian. 
Pedro, is anything we missed? Anything you want to talk about? Anything else that you want to leave our audience with before we sign off? You know, I can leave you with probably one more quote. It is my second favorite quote. And that second favorite quote is that how you do anything is how you do everything. And I realized that when I was having these anxiety attacks, yeah. yet I wasn't changing my circumstances to get rid of the anxiety attacks. And uh, I was being hypocritical by telling my coaching clients to change their actions, yet I wasn't. So yeah. um, how you do anything is how you do everything. And outside of that, man, I think we covered it all. And cool. holy smokes, what a great opportunity. Thank you so much Good. for this. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for coming on. And how you do anything is how you do everything. I really like that, Bedros. I really appreciate it. And I'll definitely be uh, in touch. And our audience is going to get just a ton from this. So go visit him at Bedros Koulian. And he is, again, the best-selling author and high-performance business consultant and founder and CEO of the fitness franchise Fit Body Boot Camp. And if you just Google search his name, he's all over the place. So great show. Thanks, guys, for listening. And again, remember, a great leader makes everyone around him and her better than they are. Again, I'm Brian Town with The Business Machine and CEO of Michigan Creative. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next show. Hey guys, Brian here. Thanks again for listening to our Business Machine and Fitness Machine podcast. We're really glad that you are able to tune in and we hope you enjoy some of the content that we have on here. We think we have great guests on here and if you guys have an idea for a show topic or maybe even a guest, we would love to have them on. Just visit businessmachine.show. That's businessmachine.show. And you can find on there the place to book and just email us and Give us a call here at Michigan Creative, where we host the podcast at 517-899-4533. Or you can simply reach out to me at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at michigancreative.com. So thanks again for listening. Don't hesitate to reach out. You're the reason why we are successful, and we can't wait to hear from you. So talk to you soon. And remember, a great leader makes everyone around him and her better than they are. Thanks, guys. See you later.